0: One of the hardest things about being a young person who in childhood went through abuse and neglect is that you still think that if you just act nice enough, if you're just helpful enough, if you just give your unloving parent enough time and money and whatever they want, they will transform into the parent you needed then. But you never had it and I think most of us go through this and find out that no matter how much we tap dance and try to win the love, it's not what gets us loved in life. And that's when the second problem shows up and it's that boundaryless people pleasing tendency from childhood pushes you into romantic situations where rejection is the only way it's going to turn out my letter today is from a woman i'll call Kirsty, and she writes dear fairy uh, i'm 24 and i've noticed a dating pattern that makes me reflect on my childhood trauma all right i've got my fairy pencil i'm going to circle things that i want to come back to in a second reading but let's read kirstie's letter and see what's going on. All right. She says, my father was an alcoholic. I remember being three years old and him asking me to fetch him beer from the fridge while my mom wasn't home. He would physically abuse my mom, and she finally filed for divorce two years later. From then on, he wasn't in our lives anymore, but relatives would always tell me that he loved me very dearly. Throughout my childhood, I remember my mother as this cold woman with little to no empathy and sudden emotional outbursts toward my brother and me. I remember one time in elementary school when a bully pushed me to the ground and I had scratches on my hands and my jeans tore on my knees. I was crying when I got home and I told my mother and she slapped me for putting myself in that situation. Mind you, I didn't do anything. I was eight years old. I never understood why she was mad. She was always very strict and would never apologize or say please or thank you, mm. even though me and my brother did everything for her. She had no job and we were living off welfare. My mother was home 24 seven, but I can't say that she was there for us emotionally. I, I really have no idea what she did all day. During my teen years, she was controlling and wouldn't allow me to have a boyfriend. This resulted in me sneaking out to see the guy I dated at that time. I was embarrassed to tell him that my mom wouldn't allow me to date, but I also never gave him a reason as to why I could only see him after midnight. He later broke up with me and started dating another girl seriously, and now they've been together for six years. At 21, I moved out. She convinced me into moving into an apartment that is 100 meters away from hers so we could always be close. She does this in phases where she's super nice to me. I regretted it. My mother has a second key and started entering my apartment whenever I wouldn't pick up my phone. She calls about seven times a day to ask what I'm doing. Oh boy. I yelled at her telling her that it's my apartment, my rent, my privacy. She didn't speak to me for three days and wanted me to apologize. I do everything for her. You hear that pencil? Circle, circle, circle. I, I bought her an expensive boots, a flat screen, a washing machine, expensive skincare, tires for her car. I take her with me on fancy work trips and it's still not enough. She will always tell me that I don't make time for her and I don't care about her. The fact is I would love to spend this much time and money on myself, but something is holding me back. Yeah. She's whiny about how her life was so miserable and now it's in our hands to make it great again. Now to my dating stories. Oh boy. All right. Turning the page. I feel like guys aren't interested in me for longer than a week. One time I dated a guy for a month and I did everything for him. Ooh, there's that phrase again. I did everything for him just for him to tell me that he's not ready for a relationship oh you thought you could bargain that huh okay we'll get back to that two months later he's in a relationship taking the second trip this year with his new girlfriend another guy would take me on cute dates text me constantly but as soon as i had sex with him he ghosted me They always describe me as beautiful, funny, fun to be around, totally chill, yet they ended up dating someone completely different, which makes me question everything. I struggle with my looks and contemplating having work done on my face, but something tells me that it's not the face. A year ago, I met a guy while partying, and he walked me home at night, but nothing happened. We continued texting for a couple weeks until I invited him over at 1 a.m. I really don't know why I did that. We had sex and I was already prepared to be ghosted by him. And guess what It happened? While he was in the bathroom, his phone screen lit up and I saw that his background picture is a young woman and a dog. I told myself it might be his sister. Why'd you do that? <laughs> I blocked him on social media because my ego was hurt after he ghosted me. A couple months later, I saw him randomly while I was in my car, and he saw me too. He called me after that, and I didn't pick up. He then sent me a text message asking why I blocked him. I responded by saying I didn't appreciate the disrespect and that I wished him all the best. He apologized. As I really, really fancied this guy, we somehow kept texting for an entire day. Oh, after all this happened. And then he hit me with, you're right, I think this isn't a good idea boom another rejection by the same guy again three months later i saw his profile on tinder and we matched he asked me if i wanted to come over i was hesitant as it was in the middle of the night so i asked why don't you come over he accepted 30 minutes later he had a lame excuse claiming his bike wasn't working and we should reschedule we never rescheduled the next day as i drove to work i randomly saw him on his bike it felt like a slap in the face How does the saying go? Fool me once, shame on you. It feels like he's just testing the waters to see if I would theoretically have sex with him again, only then to ignore me. (laughs) The worst thing is I don't know what I will do if he'll text me again. I desperately want his attention and I really want to know what drove him to treat me this way. But I also want to finally start respecting myself and stop being a doormat for others. I'm such a people pleaser. Okay, now there we go. Thank you very much for taking your time to read this letter. I'd appreciate it if you would help me go through this. Kind regards from Kirsty. Okay, Kirsty, I think I can help. Yow! Let's go through what you told me. You had a very rough childhood. You're 24 now. And you had an alcoholic dad who beat your mom and left and you didn't see him anymore. And then you had your mom. And there's clearly something up with your mom. A mental health thing, possibly a neurodivergence thing, plus a mental health thing. But... With her coldness and anger and neglect and her inability to, like be sympathetic or empathetic when you had gotten attacked by bullies, like that was very telling. Something's definitely wrong with such a person. And she was always strict and would never apologize. She didn't say "please or thank you." Hmm, interesting. I'll be interested in the comments if people have a convention, What, what do you think is going on with the mom? It doesn't really matter. I'll tell you that, Kirsty. It doesn't matter what her problem is. What we're going to focus on is how you can change your life from still being in this problem. All right, so you didn't know what she did all day. She had no job. There was welfare. It sounds like she was at least depressed, but it sounds like even more than that. And then she wouldn't let you have a boyfriend, and so you snuck out. And then you were embarrassed to tell the guy why you couldn't see him, and then he dated somebody else. So Kirsty, first I just want to give you a reality check, is that dating somebody in high school almost always ends up with the other person dating somebody else. I'm, I, I don't really want to invalidate you, I can see something's going on here, but I first just want to set the stage and say, in young life, we date so that we can see if we're compatible with people. So almost in every case of somebody we date in youth, it's the answer will be no and one of you will call it one of you will end it so i would not take that personally but because of the situation you were living in with your mom and because of that way that would have affected you psychologically and the way that you related to other people that you were way too young to even know what that was yet i have no doubt that it affected your ability to date boys and that's really common. Dating, you know, Not being able to have healthy dating is really common for people who are traumatized as kids. And you were clearly traumatized as a kid. But now you're 21 and you moved out, but you say she convinced you into moving into an apartment 100 meters away from hers. So sometimes I'm tough love fairy and I go, you know, I know you're only 21 and it hasn't been very long, but no one can convince you to do something you don't want to do. You didn't have to do that. And I'm going to really put out there that this sounds very unhealthy and enmeshed. And that one very clear solution is for you to move from that apartment and actually go somewhere else. And don't give her the key. She can't be trusted with it. The symbolism of you moving a little ways away, the things you told me, she acted super nice for a minute, you know, and then you were like, oh okay i'll do whatever you say i'll give you the key then she calls seven times a day to ask what you're doing i think you know that's just completely not normal Mm. i could see once a day for people who are very close or twice a day if it was how you doing and then later hey uh uh, i need a ride somewhere (laughs) but seven times a day is totally mentally ill on her part and so I'm just questioning you. Why are you allowing this? I know it's bothering you, but it's, it's you're the one who's going to have to set the boundary on it. So then you got mad at her because she let herself into your apartment and you yelled at her and she wouldn't speak to you for three days. And then she wanted you to apologize. <laughs> and you say I do everything for her so I can just see like logically you equate that she was so mean but I do everything for her and furthermore you bought her expensive boots a flat screen a washing machine expensive skincare tires for her car and take her with you on fancy work trips and it's still not enough okay can we just make that definitive that like what you're doing for her is way above what ordinary people do for parents even the best of parents and normally you know in a normal relationship between parents and kids of your age there would probably be a little bit more it'd be tilted more towards the parents do stuff for you that would be normal so when you're in this i mean you're utterly enmeshed you're taking care of her like she's a child but i can still hear it in the way you're describing it that you think that she's doing something wrong like that you're doing all this for her but she's not coming through and loving you like you needed to be loved and i just want to show you this is false math she can't love you she can't she won't it doesn't matter what you do and she doesn't need fancy skincare or fancy work trips like taking her also i just want to say when you take somebody who is sort of against you on a work trip that's self-sabotaging i I i would advise you don't take her on work trips And then she tells you that you don't make time for her. Okay, so she's mentally ill. She doesn't read reality. She's very involved in blaming you. And um, I guess you have a job and she's very poor. And so that's why you feel like you want to do this for her. But I want you to just really face that the expectation that she can do anything in return for whatever you do for her. It's just... It's a false expectation, even though I get it, like on TV and other people's relationships, there's reciprocal and parents do think they're the ones who take them on vacation. They're the ones who buy them boots, not the other way around so much. But I understand if you guys had a healthy relationship and she needed a little financial help, okay, but... Uh, this is right now, it's affecting your whole life and it's affecting how you see relationships. And what I see is that you've completely lost your sense of having any agency, and you also have not learned to, to have boundaries with people. And that's what it is. When you moved in a hundred yards away and gave her the key, and now you're mad, you you know, you're mad at her, but she does not respect your boundaries. You are the one who must respect your boundaries. That's you. So a boundary, it's you state what you want or don't want to happen that's a statement that's a preference it becomes a boundary when you act on it if they don't respect it you withdraw you take away that possibility of them doing that to you that's the boundary so i would really encourage you to learn about boundaries some more and you going in with this math that if you are agreeable and nice and you do things for people that you will be loved that's that's what i see operating and you know what you're just noticing that doesn't get you loved now you are a lovable person so let's see what's going on with the dating they're not interested in you for longer than a week. That's a very telling amount of time. So that means you're physically attractive enough to get them interested, um, but something goes on in the dynamic that it definitely doesn't work. I really want to look at this case that you told me. When you think, oh, I'll have to fix my face. It's my looks. I have to get plastic surgery. And and you're right. It's not your face. Uh, There's no problem there. If, If I could Go back in time and tell myself one thing, and it's the same thing I want to tell to all young people. You are so beautiful, you have no idea. And that's not that's not what it is. It's the lack of boundaries and the way that you... When you people-please, you become a non-person. You become a construct of a person that you think the other person wants. But nobody falls in love with the fake self that you become in order to make them like you. There's the problem. You met a guy while partying, and he walked you home at night. I just... You know, can I just tell you meeting guys while partying, eh, walking home with them at night, danger. So I thought this was going to go in a very bad direction. So that's not what happened. You continued texting for a couple weeks until you invited him over at 1am. Okay, so Kirsty, you know what that's called, right? A booty call and so if you're puzzled at all that when you invited him over at 1 a.m. that the whole thing didn't turn into love i just want to say there's one place where i can see clearly why that wouldn't have happened that that just communicates boundarylessness it's not the right time and you say you really don't know why you did that you had sex and you were prepared to be ghosted and then it did happen yeah yeah I, i don't know who this guy was really But if a healthy person is looking for somebody who has boundaries, who is self-respecting, who um, values themselves enough that they want to get to know somebody before letting them into their life, let alone their bedroom. If you act in this way with no boundaries and the 1 a.m. thing, it's basically like you just kind of like pushed all that aside and sort of said, I'm not that. So I don't know. Maybe he was pretty messed up. I don't know. But I just know that that sort of behavior is extremely unlikely to lead to a real relationship. It's, It could ruin a good thing, actually. So you prepare to be ghosted, and it did. And while he was in the bathroom, his phone screen lit up, and you saw his background picture was a young woman and a dog. You told yourself it might be his sister. Okay, you lied to yourself, but... Stop lying to yourself now. He is in a relationship, possibly a marriage. So terrible mistake. You ended up sleeping with somebody who's in a relationship. You had no idea. He wasn't honest with you. Okay, so now we do know about him. He's a dishonest person. And you saw that and you... Now it doesn't come up in the story anymore. You saw that. You knew and i'm kind of tough love about this stuff like if if any of us is dating somebody who mistreats their partner by you know trying to get together with us that is bad that they did that but if we know that they're doing that and we continue to participate we're just as bad we're just as bad like don't do that to yourself don't do it to the other woman and in a weird way don't do it to him don't be the person who is enabling his destructive behavior He's responsible for his behavior, but you are responsible for your behavior. And I think you have trouble hearing that. And this is so common. I hear this when people were not recognized as a person, as a child, their personhood wasn't really respected or seen. They have trouble seeing it for themselves. And so you're constructing a self out of what you think other people want. And then you're hurt because they didn't sort of see you as a real girl and a real woman and respond to you as such. They responded to you as what you presented. You blocked him on social media because your ego was hurt. It's more than your ego. It's more than your ego. After he ghosted you, I, it just hurts. It hurts to hope for a relationship with somebody and they don't want it. That's not just ego. That's that's pain, you know, that's sadness. It's it's risky when we love somebody, when we're interested. A Couple months later, you saw him randomly and you saw each other and then he called you and you didn't pick up and then he sent a message. Going, why did you block me? And you said you didn't appreciate the disrespect and you wished him the best and he said, sorry. But you say, I really, really fancied the guy. So here it is. This is what I want you to focus on, Kirstie. You really, really fancied a guy who treated you like and who lied and who cheated on somebody to be with you, you really, really fancied him. This is where I want you to zero in. This is where all your attention goes. So what's going on with you that you really, really fan of all the fish in the sea that you pick one who's ghosted you, you know, who did some sort of one night stand, who lied to you, you saw the woman, like why... Why do you really fancy him? I can see this little switch where all of a sudden you went back into this constructed world in your mind that this was some sort of dating situation rather than, you know, this guy running away from his relationship. So we somehow kept texting for an entire day. It's not somehow. It happened because you participated in texting for an entire day. So it sounds like he was feeling you out for an affair. And something you said made it clear that probably wasn't going to go the way he was hoping, which was probably without consequences or expectations. And he said, you're right. I think this isn't a good idea. You say, boom, another rejection by the same guy. That's the, you flipped a switch there. Your expectations go like, you think your mom will love you if you buy her the boots. You think a guy will respect you if, I don't know. Like, what do you think changed? Nothing changed. And then um, he said, you say it was rejection, but it's not rejection. You got caught up in a, he's an emotional shoplifter. And so it's not rejection. It was probably a good thing. Like, I'm guessing you accidentally stated that you had expectations or a boundary, which you should have for yourself. It's okay. And so it's not a good idea for a guy who wants no boundaries and no expectations to date you. So that's not rejection. In a weird way, that's respect. But then three months later, you guys saw each other matching on Tinder, and he asked if you wanted to come over. And um, when a guy asks you to come over from a Tinder thing where he's already rejected you, I don't know. mm You thought you were being self-respecting by asking him to come over instead, but that's not self-respecting either. That's, that's hasty and impulsive and doomed, you know, and... Um, so he, he came over, He had a, and then he had a lame excuse, and he said his bike wasn't working and we should reschedule. But you never did, and then you saw him with the bike. But you're still in this reality, like, how could he have said his bike was broken? Because he's, you know, it's because he was cheating on you. He was in some sort of weird thing. He was just trying to have a booty call. And again, there was something you said where you accidentally disclosed that you weren't to be used for free, like a sex doll, okay? Somehow, I don't know what you said, But he kept coming to his senses and going, ah, this isn't a good idea. And at least one of you did. (laughs) I don't like this guy, but at least he didn't follow through. But your mind is still like, you say it felt like a slap in the face. It's like, no, no, it's not a slap in the face. It's like a... It's a blessing. It's like, it's like an angel came and scooped you out of a demoralizing situation that was going to tear you down. Who knows what his reasons were, but your reasons for not being there are so, there's so many reasons for you not being there. And so anything that kept you out of it is a blessing, even though you can't see it yet. You say, fool me once, shame on you. And then you think that maybe he was just testing the waters to see if he could, if you would have sex with him and then ignore you. And it's like, of course, that's what he was doing. And if you want to find out if somebody has serious intentions for you, you're going to have to get to know them through proper getting to know you things. Nothing at 1 a.m. ever, you know, not for months. And um, allowing them to call you and ask you out and actually go on a date and spending time getting to know them. I have a feeling, though, that even if somebody were to properly date you, And get to know you and take their time and allow you to take your time to get to know them and see if there was a mutual real interest in being a couple. Which takes time. It really does. Uh, I think it really, like really, it takes two years. But if you could go three months dating somebody and see if they're sincere, you could at least take it to the next level maybe. But here's what you already know about yourself. I need to start respecting myself and stop being a doormat for others i'm such a people pleaser and there it is so when you are unself-respecting when you people please when you're a doormat for others um, I, i know it's easy to see that they are using you for that which is not cool but also what's not cool is that you, you are offering yourself for that. And when you write your letter, I can see it coming. I can, I can see it coming. And yet I understand so completely what it's like to have a blind spot to that. I used to do the exact same thing. I didn't know what hit me. I just would think everything's going in a normal way that could turn out well. Like, what's the mystery of why it's not turning out? But later, when you have your trauma wound a little bit more you know, in the sunlight and you've been doing some healing and you have more perspective on yourself, it makes perfect sense that something that begins the way you're talking about, you know, meet, partying together, walking home, texting, the woman on the phone, all of it, of course it didn't work out. And this is good information for you if you can honestly face it. If you can have the courage to to just say, yeah, that's what happened and that's how I cooperated with a bad start. You need to start your relationships differently from a good place and from a place where you work on your healing all the time, whether there's a guy in your life or not. That's the key to a happy life. What you've been through with your mom and her strange behavior. And again, I'm hoping people in the comments, you know, maybe there's some therapists out there who can say, you know, what is that? What is that pattern out there? I can't diagnose, but something is clearly strange about that. Whatever they, whatever it is, whatever the name for it is, It's your boundaries that are missing for you in your life and for you to start developing a sense of self-respect, to be able to pace yourself, to have some clarity about what you want in a relationship so that you can not date anybody who doesn't fit the bill. That's how you clear the way for a good thing to happen in your life. And I really, really hope you have that. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content,